Anyang Haseo. Hello and welcome back to the Hello Taekwondo podcast, the podcast for passionate martial artists. I'm your host, Josh DeBerardinas. Guys, we are back. I know it's been a few weeks since our last episode, but I got to tell you, it feels really great to be back with you guys. Thank you guys for being patient with the release schedule of the podcast recently. The wait wasn't for nothing. Today, we have a great episode. It's another episode about failure. But this time, we look at it not from the perspective of dealing with failure in your own training, but looking at it from the eyes of a parent or instructor. We're exploring why it's so important for kids to experience failure and learn to overcome it. Joining us today, we have sixth degree black belt master instructor in Taekwondo, owner of Hilliard Taekwondo Academy, Miss Mel Thompson. Miss Thompson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's kind of going to be fun to be here. I like to talk and I love the topic that we're talking about. I think it's super important for kids and for their parents to, uh, to hear what we're going to talk about today. I think um, as a parent and as a, an instructor, at first it was kind of hard for me, just like it is for parents of my students to see kids who might not pass a testing, which is, you know, that first thing that we think of as failure related to martial arts. And, you know, you, you hated to tell a kid that he wasn't going to pass testing because, you know, he's going to cry and I'm crushing his soul. And um, but interestingly, over time, I saw that kids who um, ha- you held them to your high standards, you held them to high expectations, actually became more and more confident if you didn't pass them at a testing that they didn't deserve to pass. And it made me think back on my own parenting style. And I know it was really hard for me um, as a parent with my own kids. You take them off to school and then you get that frantic call that they forgot their homework, they forgot their lunch, they forgot something. And you want to run and you want to save them and you want to take that to them. And sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't. And so in Taekwondo, I've seen the parents who uh, their child, uh, they don't want their child to test if they're not 100% sure their child's going to pass. Sometimes the child doesn't want to test if they're not 100% sure they're going to pass. Or, you know, the kid doesn't pass testing and the parents are trying to have this conversation with you about, can they have a do-over? Um, right. And my, my, yeah. And what I say now is absolutely they can have a do-over in two months right. at the next test. Right, right. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, I had a student who, um, no changed seven times in a row and tested the eighth time and finally nailed it. And that kid was on cloud nine. Um, and that's the moment I think that we live for as martial arts instructors. You know, I mean, it isn't that we want kids to fail. We're not trying to create those scenarios where they will fail. But I guess I equate it to um, if you're trying to build muscle, um, if I try to do a push-up and I can't do a push-up and I'm like, oh, I'm a failure at push-ups. I'm just never going to do push-ups again because they make me feel like a failure. I'm never going to get stronger. Whereas if I push through that and I keep going, eventually I'm going to be able to do push-ups and I'm going to get stronger. So I think the thing that we as, as instructors and that parents need to realize is that failure doesn't tank a kid's confidence. Um, if we don't, if we don't get the goal that we're working towards, I mean, we as adults feel that same way, right? I'm trying right. to, I'm trying to do something. I want that job or I want that raise or, um, I want to lose that 20 pounds in two days. Um, <laughs> and you know, right, you know, and we don't meet that goal. 
And we, we feel naturally kind of let down. That's a natural reaction that we have to not getting or achieving something we want to. But that's not lack of confidence. That's just a normal, normal feeling. And I think as parents, we want um, better for our kids than we had. So we want things to be easier for our kids. We don't want to see them suffer. And we don't realize that one of the things that we do when we step in and try to save them from failing, um, we're not we're not showing them we're supporting them. What we're actually telling them without realizing it is, you can't do this without me. Mm. You're not good. You're not good enough to do this on your own. Um, and until a, a, a child does something that's really hard and they fail at it, and then they try it again and again, and they eventually get it, they don't really know it was it me. Did I do that on my own? But when you fall flat on your face and you get yourself back up, it, you feel like you feel like amazing that you were able to do that. That's where that confidence comes. You have to fail to develop confidence. If things are always easy, if it's always easy, you you just you don't ever know if you were ever challenged. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, what I'm saying, one hundred percent. And I totally agree with what you're saying. Right. And so, it's 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 funny that achieving uh, achieving whatever you set out to do without too much um, resistance. Uh, especially for kids, I feel like doesn't actually give them that much confidence. It's 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 a fake confidence where it's like if they're if they always succeed, it's it, they don't really they don't have that moment where they look at it and go, I couldn't do this before. Then I did this and that. I worked hard and now I can do this. It's just, did I already know how to do this? Is it that hard? Yeah, did did if if I is this really just easy and that's why it's easy for me and if I run into something hard am I actually going to be able to do it or not because I've never had a challenge. I don't know if I can keep going or step up to a challenge. Um you know, it's you'll see these memes a lot about um preparing the child for the road or preparing the road for the child and um I always feel like it's it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I yeah. think the I think the great thing about martial arts is that we recognize you have to do both. If you think about um, how testing is sort of a graduated expectation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have a brand new white belt and I'm trying to prepare that child for a test. So I'm preparing the child. I don't just, you know, let them do whatever they want in class. And then suddenly I'm going to test them on material and they aren't prepared for that. By the same token, I prepare a test that's appropriate for that white belt. Um, and so as they increase, the test gets more challenging and I help the child be more prepared for that, cha that challenge. It's not just, you know, I don't only prepare the child and have this really hard test all the time, or I don't always uh, make the test super easy. So wherever the child is, they'll always pass. You have to do both. And I think that um, they need to learn how to overcome failure with support. And yes. that's, the, I, think, I think it's the biggest thing for parents. And I think what we sometimes as adults forget, I learned this <laughs> firsthand with my own kids, uh, they pay more attention to what you do than what you say they should do. 
So as parents, you know, there's all, you know, we're saying, oh, you know, you can do it, get back up. But then their child has a failure and the parents are all like, they're crying and you was done wrong. And yes, that board holder, I wasn't holding the boards right. And, right. You know, and they want to come in and tell you that. It's everybody and, else's fault, but the kid's fault. Yeah. But, you know, the parents who act like it's just another day, their child, their child uh, goes off the floor. Maybe they didn't break their boards or maybe I pulled them aside and I just, I've learned to rip that bandaid off. I, I either call immediately after our judges meeting every night. I don't let that, I don't let that fester in me, but if I know I'm going to no change that child, I tell them before they even leave the school. Um, and we have that conversation. So it's not, you know, they run to mom and dad and they're crying, you know, and if mom and dad are like, it's okay, bud. It's okay, sweetie. We'll, we'll get it next time. It's all good. We're still going to go out for ice cream. And they just treat it like, not like a non-event because they understand it was important, but they, they don't get all caught up in it. Mm -hmm. um, that child, that parent is helping us help that child learn how to overcome a bump in the road. Right. Uh, and that's the, all it is, is just a bump, right? And that's, I think that people, and I, I think it's well-intentioned. But, you know, that because everything is well-intentioned where when the parents want to remove obstacles and make it easier for their child, it's not out of malice, right? It's out of the best of intentions. And that bump in the road is just a bump. It's not a barrier. And so and I, it goes back to what you're saying of, you know, um, oh, gosh, what, what what did you say? I'm, it's on tip of my tongue words, um, preparing the child or preparing the road. Is that, is that, did I get that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's either, you, yeah, people say, you know, you either prepare the child for the road or that's you right. yes, yes, yes. prepare the road for the child. Yes, and yeah. so, and I think that that's what Taekwondo and, and maybe even other sports as well that, that does it really well in the sense that we are going to give them some kind of a test. It's not one that is impossible for them to succeed at, but if they don't, work their hardest, there is the chance of failure. And I, and I think that's such an important aspect of the kid going in going and knowing that if I don't do everything that I need to do, I can fail. And then, but then we, there is the, the, um, the benefit of knowing that like I can do it again next time, but it's, it's important. It's not, it's not just here's another belt. And I, and I think it goes down even low. Go ahead. I'll let you talk. <laughs> No, it's okay. I'm listening. It just it just reminds me of things that I say to my students, and I don't even know how much they actually relate to the topic that we're yes, talking yeah. about. But but it, but conversations, and it, of course, they're different conversations now. It's funny the time that we're in, the different kind of conversations that we have. Um, but I would we'd have these conversations relating to belt stripes because we would get to what we're two week out from testing, and I have. Um, this small group of students in every class who don't have the stripes they should have right. at that point, right? And so I call them all aside and I take that group and we all sit down and I'll say, cool, you know, so looks like we all need to get uh, the, the blue stripe right, so, or the right. red stripe, whatever the stripe is. We all, it looks like we all don't have that stripe. Can you tell me why don't we have the stripe? The kids have learned the only appropriate answer is I'm not focusing in class. Yeah. You could, because they can tell me anything else they want. And, and that's, you know, I've learned that you, you need to have hard, but loving conversations with kids. You can't pretend everything is okay. Um, but you also can't be like, you're a bad, bad, bad kid. Cause you don't have that strike. Right. But right. You need, but you need to help them have accountability. Um, so that I think failure shouldn't always be a shock uh, to yeah. a student. 
And so we talk about um, what we need to do. And I, we talk a lot about, you know, if I, if I want you to put something way up high on the wall there for me, and I show you this little step ladder I have, and you just keep trying to jump up in the air and you can't reach that spot on the wall, what would the rest of you in class say? And they're all like, going, well, use the ladder. I go, <laughs> exactly. So when instructors give you tools, it's like giving you a ladder to reach where you need to go, but you need to use the ladder. I, you know, I can't make you you know, use the ladder. I can't make you use the tools. I can just give you the tools and you have to make the decision to do that. And then I also tell them, um, if you get all of your stripes, does that mean you're going to pass testing? And you always have that kid go, yes. And all the other kids look at them like, oh, oh, no, no. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> they've, had, they've had this conversation so many times. And I say, no, your stripes are the ticket into the testing door. It lets you come in. But you have to perform on that day. It's up to you yes. uh, to perform. And, you know, you make that decision. And we've created charts that we show parents to help them understand where you show them how if you have like four different students and you have one student who comes consistently to class and they put in lots of effort almost all the time, a bad day here and there doesn't impact their performance. Um, but, you know, that that one of the four who is floating right on up and down on the border. They're up there, you know, right above it, right below it, right above it, right below it. You know, the, the, I know there's some schools that are not part of our organization that feel like you should never let a child test if you're not a hundred percent sure that they're going to pass. Um, and, but I'm like, but what about that child who on average is actually meeting your minimum standards to pass? Right. I've had some, I've had some of those students pass surprisingly and, uh, quite a few, not unexpectedly, not pass. Um, because, you know, if you're, if you're right on, I always tell the kids, if you're, if you're supposed to kick above the belt, if you always aim at the belt, um, you, you part, most of the, you're going to have days you're going to be below the it's belt. A 50 if you, 50 only, chance if you're just right, right there. Right. Yeah. 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 Or it's like, you know, if you, if you only aim for a D in school, you're going to get an F some of the time. It's just going to happen. So right. you always need to, aim, you always need to aim higher. Um, and it's the same thing with helping, kids be equipped to um, prepare to deal with failure. I well, think they need to look, they need to learn effort equals outcome. Well, yeah. And it's, and I just, and I don't believe in removing the option for failure because I think it's important because the, like, if you bring it down to the smallest level, right, they're testing for a stripe on their belt, you know, like they have to get so many stripes before they are eligible for testing is usually how it goes. And right. And so even testing for a stripe and not getting a stripe is a kind of failure. It's a very low stakes failure because they can just come back in the next class and test for it again. But it's so important because that little failure of if you telling them no, not yet, it's not no forever. It's not that you'll never, you're not going to say you're never going to get this stripe, Jimmy. It's, no, it's, yeah. it's that you're not going to get this stripe, but you can you could get it in the future. It's just not yet. And I think that's so important because that teaches them that concept. And then you have a slightly higher stakes fail scenario with testing, right? You could get your right. next belt, but it's not guaranteed. You have to work hard. Sometimes you're going to slip up. Sometimes you're not going to get that belt. And it's not even, even that is higher stakes, but it's still not that high of stakes. It's just, we'll try it again in two months or whatever the yeah, next belt testing you is. 
yeah, you get a do-over. I mean, how many things in life actually give you a do-over? You, exactly. You know, if you if you apply for a job and you don't get that job, there's not necessarily going to be a do-over down the road. Exactly. But it teaches them that, yeah. right? Because then in the future, as they are adults, they've had that experience, right? They're not. It's not that they were then kids and they never dealt with failure, and now they're twenty-something-year-olds and they're like, I don't know how to. I don't know how to deal with this failure. It legitimately teaches them. It's important for kids to have small. Um, opportunities for failure opportunities they don't have to fail it, it it's a learning experience if they do but right. if they have the opportunity to fail they understand that and then sometimes they do stumble then they then they work hard then they get that confidence that we were talking about before because they realized i couldn't do this then i put in the effort and now i did do it and then that'll stick with them for the rest of their life and develop their character and their confidence later on when they have higher stakes failure situations well, exactly. I mean, do you want the first time your child hears no or doesn't achieve something that they wanted to be when they don't get into the college of their choice or they don't get into uh, the sports team of their choice or, um, you know, they they their prom date that they would hope for turns them down? I mean, if they're that age and they don't know how to deal with failure, I think that's where we deal with a lot of of challenges with teens is they they don't know how to face that because parents have tried hard and it's because they love their kids. It's not because they don't love their kids, but they've tried so hard to make life so good. They think for their kids yeah. that they that they haven't equipped them uh, to do that. It's it's like, if you think if kids never have to do chores around the house, I'm big on Matt chats about what's going on in your house um, and what are things that you can do because you know, your parents already, provided all that house and everything in it so should they be the only ones that also then have to take care of it right and you're somebody who benefits from living there um you know what are things that you can do and not expect to be paid for doing it and um you know i think kids feel good when they start telling me things that they did at home you can just see their shoulders go up and back they feel yeah good about themselves for doing things. And I think I, I, just by trying to make things easy for our kids, I think we actually uh, diminish their self-confidence. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing for them to work towards or to feel good about or to feel like they're a contributor in the household, I guess. Oh yeah, uh, you know? for sure. And, and it's not that you should put obstacles in their way, right? Because obstacles are going to come up in situations all the time anyway. And even like as martial arts instructors, we have these situations where they have the potential to fail. But the entire time, the kid knows that we are on their side. We are constantly preparing them. We're helping them get ready, but we can't do it. We can't do everything for them. And they understand that right. or they develop, they understand that eventually, you know, eventually they'll pick that up. But, and then you, you'll see that over time as the students progress, you'll see the ones that kind of start to understand that like, oh, this is on me. And that's why I think it, I think it is very important to jump back a second to when we were talking about this uh, earlier is that of, you know, letting them like not blaming like other outside of, you know, uh, effects on the failure. It's important for them to understand that sometimes it's their fault. And that sucks. That feeling is terrible. But it's, it's sometimes yeah. <laughs> things, sometimes yeah. things are your fault, and you have to internalize that and go, "I can fix this, though." 
if you just always yeah. go, it's the board holder's fault. Oh, that instructor was just mean to me. That I should have, I should have passed my testing or whatever it is. Then you aren't going to actually work on improving because you're fixated on how do I fix the instructor when you should be focusing on how do I fix me. Well, exactly. I mean, I I had a parent once. This is hysterical. I had a parent. Well, I have so many parent stories, but one of them was I had a parent come in and say, if my child had all of their stripes, how could they have failed testing? And I said, because after they got their stripes, they stopped trying. Yeah. You know, and and now I have so many students that will tell you that now because I always say, um, you know, again, if you if you have all your stripes, does that guarantee you'll pass testing? And they all they know to say, no, ma'am. And I say, why not? So somebody raises their hand and they say, because if we stop trying, because we just assume we know we know what we need to know, but we don't try anymore, you know, we'll let bad habits creep in or we'll forget what we need to know. Uh, and that's I, you know, it's the it's the thing I like about uh the tenets that we have for Taekwondo. I feel like martial arts is so much more than just the kicking and the punching. Um, I think that's excellent kicking and punching is super important because kids need that physical activity and they need that challenge. Absolutely. But I think, I think the, the tenants that we use, um, to help them because when I'm big on self-control with the kids and we talk a lot about, you know, uh, if, if Susie over there punches me, can I punch her back? And then when I get yelled at, say she made me do it. And I say, you know, unless she took my fist and smacked her own face with it, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, she she didn't make me do it. I I I made choices. And so even if kids accidentally bump into each other on the workout floor and, you know, you, you don't get a look at a kid and go, sorry, you know, we have to stop and you have to look at that person. And I'd have to say, um, oh, gosh, Bobby, I'm really sorry that I bumped into you. Um, I, I realized that probably hurt. And I just, you know, wasn't looking where I was going. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to be more careful about that. So that doesn't happen again. So it's, it's, you, you know, and I try to explain it doesn't, you're not saying that you were a bad person, you didn't run into them intentionally. It's just acknowledging that something you did caused a problem. And you're just going to try not to do that again. And kids are usually sobbing by the time they get done with this apology because nobody has ever made them actually learn how to apologize appropriately before. Right. Uh, to somebody. Yeah. And it, it does. Or, it does feel bad. Like inherently, it does feel bad when you make a mistake, when something's your fault, even as adults, like, you know, you get used to it. But like it, that deep core feeling is like, I don't like this. I don't like your brain is like, no, stop talking. Don't apologize. I don't want to admit the brain does not like to admit that it was wrong. But it's such an important skill to develop. I love parents that that march a kid back in my school and say, Bobby wants to talk to you. And little Bobby will look up at me and go, Miss Thompson, I lied to you about <laughs> such and such, yeah. you know? And, and so then I just stand there and I'm like, okay, so tell me about it. And then I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do? And they're like, I'm not going to do that again. And I go, why? And they talk about why it's wrong. And I say, you know what? It was probably really hard to come in here and tell me that it's always it's always hard to apologize, but especially to an adult, it's really hard. But you know what? I already thought you were a pretty awesome kid. The fact you made a mistake doesn't make me not like you. Yeah. I already thought you were pretty awesome. But the fact that you came in, looked me in the eye, told the truth and want to fix it. I like you even more. I have more respect for you. And so the kid walks out the door, their shoulders are back, you know, it, it, and I didn't condone the thing they did. Right. You know, exactly. it isn't like, it's like, oh, you know, I can, they're like, oh, my, that was, that was hard. It was awful. 
And yet now I feel so much better for having done it. Um, And you're teaching that kid that if they, if they are, uh, if they have that situation that to be truthful about it, you know, don't just stack lies upon lies. You know, you're, you're giving them these like very valuable like insights into how life is going to be in the future and how it's going to make their life easier if they can accept the fact that they can make mistakes. Well, and when you, you know, doing things wrong or it's very similar to like, again, when we have failure in Taekwondo, you know, I can, if I can't, if I'm trying to learn a new kick, um, my, the bane of my existence was the 360 crescent kick, not the butterfly, love the butterfly, but the 360 crescent yeah. kick, bane of my existence. <laughs> so every time my instructor would say, pick a 360 that you're not good at, you know, the temptation, uh, I'm really good at 360 sidekick. Everybody's going to think I look awesome. I'm going right. to do that one. Yeah, but, but, you know, I would do that 360 crescent kick. I looked awful at it. I worked at it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it would have been super easy, like to yell at my partner, you know, you're not holding the target right. It's, it's you, it's you. But, you know, um, I had to really look at what was I not doing right. Or, you know, and even when you're, when you're failing at something like that, it isn't that I'm a bad person. It's not that I'm not trying hard enough. I just, I just need to learn things still. And, um, you know, I need to ask people for help. That's hard to ask people for help. Um, you know, because you want to, you want your partner to think that you're awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it would be super easy to say, you know, it's your fault. You're moving the target. You're not standing where you should be. It's not high enough. It's not low enough. Um, but just learning to acknowledge, I think that's just a, a great lesson about failure, not just the, I need to keep trying which is probably the biggest lesson, but just that acknowledging that I also not just keep trying, but I have a part in whatever that failure is, whether it's something that I didn't try hard enough at, or it's something that I just, I need to keep working at in order to be able to do it. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. Because if you are, if you are taking part, if you're saying, okay, this failure in part is, is me like I'm taking ownership of that failure when you finally succeed you can then really take ownership of the success right you take ownership of the failure you take ownership of the success if if the path has been paved clean for you and there's no obstacles it doesn't have that same weight of success even if you succeeded the first time even if you didn't have a failure you knew that if you did fail it would have been you would have it would have been your fault even if you didn't fail, you still know that you did what you needed to do to get that success. Nobody else made it happen for you. Well, and I think um, another important aspect of the potential for failure is um, that it does make you keep working and it does make you try harder and it does make you um, want to, want to step up to a challenge. Um, I think if everything was super easy, I mean, I know people like to think that would be awesome. You know, if everything in life was easy, but, um, I feel like we, we learn our best lessons when we sort of hit rock bottom with things. Yes. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't learn our best lessons when things are super easy. Um, you don't have to reflect if things are are easy, you don't have to stop and think about it. It's easy. You know, when when things are hard, it gets boring. Yeah. Yeah. When things are hard, you have to stop and go, why are things so hard? Who's at fault? Is it me? How do I fix this? But when it's easy, you can just coast on by and not really think about it. Well, and think probably think in your own life. um, Some of the instructors that you probably look up to um, the most. That's what I would say. The best instructors are the ones who've had to overcome failure. 
um, instructors who everything was easy for them. They have a harder time. Um, it is, and it isn't they don't care. I think you have a harder time clicking with students who are struggling if you've never struggled. If you have, if you have never worried about getting a no change or come close to getting a no change, um, or there was something that was hard for you uh, ever, it, it's just it's hard to to click with somebody. It's hard to teach. Um, you might be a great technician, but I think um, failure just makes us great. Um, what would it be? Humanitarians. Yeah. Um, you know, because we, because we understand it makes us humble. I think that the, I think another sign of a great instructor is somebody who's humble and, um, failure, failure does that to you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 It, it kind of, it, it makes you see where your weaknesses are and, um, helps you just get better. Right. And it, it even just, it, in another sense, it also just allows you to, uh, like, you know, health like like with a healthy uh relationship with failure it allows you to also be more like just vulnerable in life and not feel like you have to you know that's something that kids can learn as they grow up and they don't have to like you know put up these walls in the sense that like even like just small like instances like just as an example um there has been uh, a lot of questions that i've been getting from students recently about what about uh, you know, I have questions about the upcoming uh, virtual tournament that we're having, questions about testing and this and that, the other. And because we are in unprecedented times right now, we're not on the normal schedule. Sometimes I don't know the answer. Right. And I can just be <laughs> humble. And I tell I look him right in the eyes on my Zoom class and I tell him, like, guys, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know when this is happening. I don't or not, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing for this and that, the other. And I tell him, I said, you know, you can trust me because I'm telling you right now, I don't know. I'm not lying to you. <laughs> I tell you, it's funny because when uh, we went entirely online, uh, most of my posts um, in our Facebook group were that. I would say, you know, probably the answer you're going to get most of your questions is, we don't know yet. We don't know, but we'll figure it out. Right. Um, and, and, and I think that helps kids see. And I, you know, it. I think the the a disservice that we do to kids is when we think that as adults, we need to seem like we have it all together. Right. And I think and I think that sets a um I don't know what the word would be an unreachable expectation for kids. And um when I, I've learned when I make mistakes, and I make my share of big mistakes. Um when I make mistakes, I and, and this is something I have to teach new instructors because they're so nervous. What if I you know, isn't that as when you're first an instructor, can you remember? What if I make a mistake when I'm teaching? Exactly. And I would be and I'd be like, that will be awesome because all you do is you just look at your students and you go, whoa, I really made a big mistake there. You fix it. And they, they realize it's okay to make mistakes. Yes. It's okay. You know, that you don't have to be perfect. And so, um, I, I think sometimes as adults, we think we need to like cover up the mistakes or pretend they didn't happen. Um, I, I remember I was teaching the green belt form and, you know, you do, um, the, the spear hand and you do the pivot square block, just like in yellow belt. So I always tell people, you know, okay, we're going to do something just like yellow belts. You're going to bring your hands back, load for that square block on the right side. You're going to pivot. And then I found myself teaching them the second half of yellow belt. <laughs> right? Uh, yes, right? Yes, yes. So, I, so I do square block step punch instead of reverse outside knife hand strike. Right. And, and I stopped <laughs> and I just turned and looked at them all. And of course, they're right there with me. And they knew I was wrong because we'd done this part of the form like a couple of days earlier. Right. And I looked at them, I, 
And I said, you guys are so awesome because you're not pointing out to me that I made a big mistake and I'm doing this wrong, but I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I said, cause I said yellow belt, yellow belt stuck in my head. Let's go back. Let's yes. fix that. I've done something and, similar like that before where you're like, wait, I just went to a whole different form. Hold on back up. Yeah. And I just tell students, I said, or young and new instructors, I say, you know, you're teaching them that we don't put a big billboard up out in the parking lot that this child <laughs> made a mistake. Yes. You don't have to go, you don't have to go home and never come back to Taekwondo again. And never show your face yeah, again you, here. Yeah. You, 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 you fix it. And, and that's, that, that's like, that's how failure works, you know. Um, in teaching, we're always going to make mistakes, and we just we just show, we fix it, and we keep going. And, and I think that's a great lesson. That's and that, I love the I love the culture that uh, we have built uh, that I've seen specifically in like Taekwondo America, but you also I think you can see this in other you know places in martial arts too. But I really like the culture that we've built of um, pointing out the. Um, the failures of instructors in a in a positive way of saying because this happens all the time i know in a lot of different martial arts schools um I, it happened in mine i know probably happens in yours too where it's like you 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 have all the students there you know you're at a testing or you're at an award ceremony or you're just in class and you have the question of like you know all right instructors all right black belts who's ever failed a testing and then you get the hands up and it shows the kids um Yes, these people that you look up to have also been where you are. They've made mistakes. They've not broken their boards. They've messed up their format testing. They've had a terrible day at a tournament. You know, we've all been there. And it gives them that that knowledge that, okay, they're not like a freak. They're not like a crazy person for having failure. Like it happened to these people that they look up to because instructors are superheroes for kids you know like when you when you start martial arts you're looking up at your you know instructor and like that's a legitimate superhero like they know every they seem to know everything about taekwondo like right. they answer all you sometimes they say they don't know but you know what i mean just generally they seem to know all the moves they can tell you exactly what you're doing wrong but and they seem to be so amazing at it but they've also dealt with their share of failures so when you have your own it's almost like you're part of the club and it's not like you're ostracized well, and it's, I think it's great for a kid to realize that it's not just me. Yes. And sometimes when we have, um, you'll have somebody who, um, you know, they're, they're at their award ceremony after, you know, they, they had no changes. They finally passed. Maybe it was their first no change. And sometimes I'll say, I'll say if anybody feels comfortable, cause I know I'm looking out there and I know all the people that no change. Yes. And I'll say if yes. anybody feels like they're raising their hands and the, so many hands go up and kids, kids who are like looking around shocked because they realize it's not just them because sometimes they don't know that yeah. because of the number of, of the number of testings that you do, or some kids don't find out um, about their no change until after the testing's over. So not everybody knows that they did. Yeah. Um, and I love it when I have parents in the lobby who are students, but it isn't their particular award ceremony and their hands even go up. Right. Um, you know, and the, and the other parents are looking around like super surprised. So it, it is a camaraderie. Um, of of being okay, um, that failure is part of what we do, and we all move on together. Yeah, and I, and I think it's just it's um, hold on, I think I just lost my train of thought. Uh, it, you know, it's just like it was going to just like slip right on off. Hold on. A oh, not like that ever happens to me ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not make yes. mistakes. Um, we do not. We do not. Uh, we just oh, jump on yeah. whichever train. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I think um, that it just the biggest part is just them understanding. Like they see that and they go. What do you mean? You you mean you tell me you failed your testing and you came back and you're still here? It's like, oh, you mean I can do that? I don't have to, 
you know. Yeah, I don't have to quit. I don't have. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I say. Yeah, you know the saying, failure's not permanent unless you quit. Yep. We we would ask that a lot after class. I would look at somebody because we would talk. If you test for a stripe and you don't get it, does that mean you have to leave and never come back? And kids go, no. And I go, so what do you do? And they go, well, you just come back and you come back and you come back until you finally get it. You know, yes. it, there's not a li- there's not a limited number of times that you can test for that stripe. You can you can keep trying. There's a wonderful, uh, I believe it's a Japanese proverb that says, "Fall down seven times, get up eight. Right. And if you stop yeah. and think yeah. about it, it's like, well, hold on. Well, you're getting up an extra time than actually you fell down. You know, it's it's a little bit like it, it's in a good way. It's like, huh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's yeah. that cleverness of it. But it is, you know, and it, I think it's I think it's a just that's just what I really like about um, the opportunity. And if you think about it, if um, what what makes something fun to participate in it, um, like. Um, the uh, one of our school owners, um, his wife just recently got him a skydiving gift for his birthday. Yes, right. Yes. So, so what is it about skydiving that would be exciting? It's the fact that there's a potential for failure, right? right. I mean, we're talking the ultimate failure. There's right some, here, there's but... some novelty in just falling, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's thrilling because you're like, I'm I'm in danger <laughs> a little bit well, at yeah, least, you know. And you and you think about that. You think about just things like, um, um learning to, you know, uh, get up on water skis, you know, um, just so many things that we do. It's, it's the challenge. It's, it's, and with challenge comes potential for failure. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, it, it adds a little bit of, it adds a little bit of excitement to your life. And that it, it isn't that we want, like you said, we don't want kids to fail. So life is exciting. Um, we, we want them to have the opportunity to build up those uh, step up to challenge and get through over those speed bump muscles. We want them, we want them to get stronger and stronger so that if life does throw them a curveball, they can get through it. Exactly. You and know? and with the added benefit of if they've dealt with failure and overcome it, they're going to be more likely to try new things because it's like, okay, if I try this new thing and I fail, <laughs> I've been there, done that, you know, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> this yeah. is old news. Yeah. And think you think about how many times kids are afraid to try new things because they are afraid that they're going to fail. Right. And so they miss out on so many opportunities. Um, you know, and it's, I, I feel like we, we maybe bubble wrap our kids too much. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody, but, but there's that tendency to do that because we don't want them. Uh, we don't want them to get hurt. We don't want them to, to skin their knee. We don't want them to, um, you know, fall out of a tree. Um, yeah, you know, and, and and there's there's a little bit of that that is necessary, right? It's not just like you know, throw caution to the wind. Like, put the helmet on your kid; he needs to wear a helmet. But if he falls off right. his bike, let him fall off his bike. Like, it's, that's why you you put the helmet on. You were there to ensure that the failure was just going to be temporary, right? You're going to fall off yes. the bike. You have a helmet on. Get back up. Get back on the bike. <laughs> well, you, I I would tell parents it's hilarious. I you know we'd be talking at uh, some of these award ceremonies or testings, and I'd say you know. I want you to think back to when your child learned how to walk or your child learned how to talk. And, you know, here you're like, oh, my child's not ready for testing because they aren't doing things as perfectly as the instructor who's teaching them. No way is my child ready for testing. I said, but, you know, your child stood up and fell down over and over and over. And you called all the relatives and told your relatives your child was walking and your child 
could barely say something that could have been interpreted as mama or data. And you're calling everybody, telling them your child's talking. You were so excited yes. about the smallest thing they did. And here we are. And you're like, oh, no, no, they can't. I said, let's treat it just like that. You're excited. They're learning something new. Um, you know, you weren't afraid they were going to fall down and hurt themselves really at home. And you weren't afraid they would say words that weren't correct sentences. Um, you know, let's have that same enthusiasm now we had with everything that they were learning when they were babies. I love that. I love that so much. What advice would you give to parents of, of, you know, little, little martial artists and to help them, (laughs) to help them, um, help their kids deal with failure and overcome failure? Because sometimes it's like, do I need to step in? Do I need to stay out? What's your advice to parents to help their kids in Taekwondo? Um, The biggest thing I think is to um, support them, encourage them, and let it be their own thing. You know, I think for for parents, um, we, failure feels bad for us. And so we want to spare our kids that feeling of failure. But number one, we forget that we got where we are because we learned to overcome failure and we need to let kids do that for themselves. Um, If our kids are trying to get stronger, uh, you know, we don't go lift the weights for them because it doesn't do anything for their muscles. They got to lift those weights themselves for their own muscles to get bigger. Same thing with learning to overcome failure. Um, And we just need to let it be their activity and not be quite so invested in it emotionally. We need to support them. We need to cheer them on. But uh, when we become so afraid they're going to fail that we're constantly giving them helpful advice um, and trying to fix it, and we want to set practice time for them, um, you know, again, we're, we're, we're doing things that feel like criticism to them and telling them they aren't good enough, Uh, just like stepping in and trying to keep them from failing uh, let's um makes them feel like uh, we we don't think that they can do it on their own. So we just need to let them fall down. We need to lovingly help them get back up, and we just need to act like it's a normal part of life. Yeah, I I totally agree. And if I were to add just one more thing onto that, I would just say, um, show them the path. Right when they do have failure, like you don't have to. It doesn't have to be like a tragic event. It can just be all right. We didn't get it this time. We can do it next time. Right. You're letting them know. Okay. It's it's not the end of the road that we're still we still have a path ahead of us and here's where we're going after it. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, uh, maybe we didn't get on the Disney ride this time, but we can get on it next time. It's not like you know we have to go back home and never never enjoy the activity. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Miss Thompson, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you as always. Uh, it was super fun. I love talking about Taekwondo and I love talking about things that we can help do to help parents help their kids in Taekwondo. So I super appreciate being invited. Well, that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of the Hello Taekwondo podcast. Don't forget, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, or you can go to hellotaekwondo.com and sign up to get new episodes delivered right to your inbox. Huge shout out to our show supporters. They're the people that make this podcast possible. If you love the show, consider joining our group of supporters. You can donate and help out the show for as little as 99 cents a month. Just head on over to hellotaekwondo.com support. Again, that's hellotaekwondo.com support. Thank you again for listening. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. Till next time, keep kicking, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Hello Taekwondo podcast.